This is Nursing in America. Each week we speak with incredible nurses from all over the world who have taken the leap to start a new life in the United States. If you're thinking about doing the same, then this is the place you'll find all the insider knowledge and inspirational success stories to realize your own American dream. Welcome to Nursing in America. I am your host, Tanya Friedman, Chief Executive Officer here at Kinetics USA. I've invited Luciana De Silva to be the guest host for a few episodes. She'll be speaking with nurses now living in America to figure out what life is really like. Enjoy. Today I'm speaking with Tanima. She's originally from Bangladesh, currently working as a nurse in South California. Let's see how it's going. Hello. Hey there. Hi, how are you? So, let's see, you look great. Thank you, so do you. (laughs) Okay, awesome. Where are you originally from and where do you live now? I'm originally from Bangladesh and right now I'm living in Menifee. That's in Southern California. Okay, what kind of uh, nursery? Do you have a specialty or... So currently, actually, uh, I'm working as a telemetry nurse, but like towards the end of this month, I'm actually transitioning to ICU. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm excited too. (laughs) That'll be intense. (laughs) Okay. And how long have you been in the United States? Okay. Um, A bit more than five years. So five and a half. Five and a half. And what made you decide to come to the United States? Okay, that's a tough one. I didn't know that I was coming here. I was actually like right out of high school. I was applying. I applied to schools back home as well. Then, you know, um, I also started applying outside. So I actually applied to the U.S., Canada, and Australia. And luckily, I got the first offer letters from the U.S. So I came here. (laughs) And well, you know, things worked out for the better. I like it much better in here than, you know, um, I haven't been to Canada, but I have families there, so I'm glad I didn't go there. It's cold, isn't it? <laughs> Plus the taxes are much higher, so. That's right. That's very right. Yeah. Thanks. So where did you go to to school when you got here? Where'd you go to university? I went to UT Arlington. So that's University of Texas at Arlington. It's in Dallas metro area. Awesome. And then, so once you finished your, so... Tell me a little bit about your program and then how, you know, how that came into be to decide to stay here and that sort of transition there. Okay. Um, well, I honestly started as a pre-med biomedical engineering uh, major, and then I kind of had a change of heart. I didn't want to be an engineer anymore, but I really liked the pre-med part. I, I was enjoying the anatomy and physiology. So then I kind of looked into, okay, so what I can do through this pre-med that, you know, I get to actually practice with a bachelor degree. So, you know, nursing was a great option for me then. And then I switched my major to the BSN and then, you know, I got into the BSN program and I finished my pre-med and both BSN. And um, about deciding to stay here, uh, well, Honestly, when when I was in school, I was more attracted towards both the psychiatry, the, you know, psychiatric nursing and the ICU. So I wanted to have some work experience, you know. I mean, I still kind of 
go back and forth about if I want to stay here because, you know, I don't have my family in here. So I really miss them and everything. So that's the big point for me. I mean, we'll see what happens. So you're the only one here in the United States. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. And what's that like? Kind of (laughs) lonely. But I have friends. I mean, I've met some really great friends and they've been really nice to me. And you know, random strange. I got really attached to random stranger families who really counted me as their family member. So I've enjoyed that. And, you know, in general, Americans are very welcoming. So <laughs> I've had a good time, not complaining. Good. Well, so let's kind of go with that, that you were you know, saying about how Americans are very welcoming. Um, what have you learned about our culture here? What has really stuck with you or surprised you or made you angry? Okay. Um, And you can tell me if it's that, like, just be honest. And we're not going to put anything on these videos that's going to make you look bad. (laughs) Just just be honest. And then it kind of flows into the conversation. Okay. Sure. That'll work. Um, So to answer the first question is uh, about the culture. I don't know. Okay. So, you know. Growing up back home, I was watching all the, you know, Hollywood movies and I don't know why. So they show, they don't really portray the family bond that you guys have here. So when I came in, I was a lot surprised that, you know, it's not only people in the beach laying in bikinis and stuff. You guys have like proper, and you know, I was in Texas, so that's a very conservative state. So, you know, they have great family values and, you know, that kind of, what is it? Like, it kind of relates to my own culture. Like, you guys do have very family values and, you know, you do have a strong family bond. And, you know, it's not like the movies where you see, okay, uh, the parents don't really care. They kick you out right after you turn 18. It's not always like that. That was a, you know, big surprise for me because, you know, definitely on the movies, they don't show that. <laughs> Okay, so your next question was, uh, what made me angry? Um, so this is kind of weird. When Before I started school in UT Arlington, I was actually taking some classes in uh, community college, and I was a tutor there. So when during one of my tutoring sessions, there was a shooting on campus. So, you know, we were under lockdown, and there were two people ended up dying so you know that's one of the things that make me angry you know the gun violence in this country which is uh, you know just problematic and especially in texas where their people are usually more gun friendly yeah no kidding um my <laughs> my fiance is is from austria and i took him to tennessee and <laughs> we're at a gas station and there's someone right in front of us and he's got a gun in his belt and he looks at me and he's like oh my god <laughs> i mean so we don't really expect it when we come here this can this country that you know people can just buy guns online and they don't really in most states they don't really check for license and registration very much and I don't know. It's kind of traumatic. Yeah, I can only imagine. And um, but so whenever it comes to to the cultural, so now you know you're working in a hospital, mm-hmm. and what's it? What is it like culturally in the hospitals here? Um, honestly, I never really. It's very diverse, and people are very, very welcoming. And you know, 
So the hospital that I work at, it's a learning community. So basically they teach nursing students, they teach pharmacy students, they teach uh, medical residents. So, you know, everybody has a really good uh, positive outlook towards anybody who's coming in. So, I mean, even if you're from a different culture, you don't really get to see any negative vibes in there. So everybody's very welcoming. And, you know, um, so for example, um, I'm a, I'm a Muslim. So, you know, the Ramadan starts 13th of this month. So, you know, people know about this kind of stuff. They're not really ignorant or like blind towards other cultures. They're like super friendly, welcoming, and they ask you questions. They don't just throw out random comments or anything. So I, I would say it's a very positive work environment and, you know, culturally too. Have you dealt at all with prejudices or moments that you had to, um, or moments where you were harassed or sexually or anything in, in that way? I'm going to say, thank God I have, I haven't had any of those bad experiences. I mean, there were like slight little comments from, not from my coworkers, mostly from patients. And, you know, there are a whole lot of things that go down in the hospital and you can't really take those personally. Someone who's suffering and someone uh, who's in pain, they're bound to say stuff. So, and that's, you know, it's better not to take them personally. And I'm pretty sure they're not really meaning those words. So, you know, uh, we've had incidents where like nurses, they got spit on, or even the doctors, they got spit on, or like they got hit by the patient. So, you know, that wasn't really meant for anyone particular. Just because the patient was violent or confused, it just went towards everybody. It wasn't anything cultural or like for someone uh, specific skin color or anything like that. So thank God I haven't, I never had a bad experience regarding that. That's really, really good to hear. Uh, what about the language here? Does, um, let's start with this. What's your favorite slang word? Oh God, you're going to get me in trouble. <laughs> What's your favorite slang word? Uh, okay. I usually use this one a lot. It's not really a strength, but I use the God damn it a whole lot. <laughs> go too crazy <laughs> but yeah I try not I try to keep my <laughs> language professional <laughs> but sometimes it goes a little out of hand oh what's other languages that you know because you you were in school in Texas so mm -hmm. there's like the southern sayings too oh, that other people said to you what were those well you know most of the time they do howdy or y'all <laughs> everything is y'all in Texas <laughs> and especially with the accent yeah I, I kind of enjoyed it I tried to mimic it sometimes but I, I can't do a good southern accent <laughs> your y'all is very good and <laughs> I was interviewing somebody uh two days ago and he was like y'all they say y'all so you're not the first <laughs> yeah you're not the first Okay. Well, moving on from there, when you were doing um, the change, you know, from school to the hospital, you were also changing the visas, correct? To get into the green card or was mm -hmm. it change of stat adjustment status? Tell me how that worked and what you went through there. So um, it's still an ongoing, ongoing process. So um you know, I went through kinetics, of course, and then I'm actually working under Bima. 
So I, uh, in school, I was in F1 as an international student. So my visa status was F1. So from F1, it's now being converted to EB3, which is the green card. And actually my uh, green card petition is still pending. I'm still waiting to do my biometrics and interview. Okay, fantastic. Working in your hospital, what kind of benefits do they offer? So my benefits, mostly they come from VEMA actually. So, you know, my 401k or health insurance or dental and vision, they're mostly through the, uh, through VEMA because, you know, I get paid by VEMA and all my benefits are through VEMA. So, you know, I, I'm not really considered a hospital employee. I'm not a really staff nurse. I'm more considered as a traveler nurse. So, you know, all those things, but, you know, VEMA, they're really, they're really good about those things. So, you know, I got the, I, we have workers' compensation in case we get injured or if we get COVID. We have 401k, we have health insurance, we have dental and vision. What else? We have paid time off. So, yeah. We'll be back with the conversation in just a second. There's a wonderful opportunity for you. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses from all over the world to work in healthcare facilities here in the USA. If you are interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com slash application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. On with the show. Because we got to be speaking in terms of somebody that doesn't know anything. Okay. So they're going to be like, what's workers' compensation? What is it? Okay. So, um... I actually had a good experience with them. Let me explain it this way. Uh, in January, I've had COVID. So I was actually constantly working in the COVID units. And, you know, being a single person without kids and being living by myself, I was pretty much the first in the line to be sent towards the COVID unit because, you know, they were trying to protect people who has younger kids or who has their grandparents living with them. So I worked most of my days on the COVID unit. And, you know, eventually when I, uh, we were, of course, using PPE, but eventually when I got COVID, so this is how the process went. I had to notify, of course, the hospital, my manager, my house supervisor, and then I had to do a COVID swab testing. And when my result came back positive, I had to contact the CEO of BIMA, so he then filed a worker's compensation for me. So what that means is that if you get injured at work or if you get sick from like being at work or, you know, if it's an infectious disease, so that means you definitely have gotten it from the hospital for for the most part. Then this worker's compensation, they're going to, you know, come in and they're going to evaluate your case. And then if you don't have enough paid time off hours to take time off of work, then it's going to be worker's compensation who are going to compensate for the time you're off of work. So, yeah, they're not going to be paying your full, what is it called? They're not going to be paying for your full paycheck. It's usually two thirds of it. But yes, you will be compensated during the period. Great. You really explained that well. <laughs> you did. Um, what is what is 401k? Okay. Um, honestly, I have not yet signed up for it. <laughs> I know I should. So uh, from what I understand from it is that it's, uh, 
if you're especially young and if you're trying to have a separate savings account kind of away from your savings account with that comes with your checking account. So that's your 401k. You They basically take out a percentage of your paycheck and then, you know, they put it aside so you can have it for your future whenever you need it. You know, a lot of companies do not offer 401ks these days, really? but hospitals do. Yeah. Actually, Kinetics is one of the first companies I've worked for that. Really? That, that's really, that's, that's a great thing because, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that Vima and Horse Kinetics, they offer this option. Mm-hmm. What about the insurances? So health insurance in the United States is quite complicated as you know, and expensive. Explain to me how it works in your hospital, how you've dealt with health insurance and just kind of telling people what what it is exactly and how it works here. Okay, so um, I may not be very accurate when it comes to the legal details, because uh, it's- You don't need like- to be, we're bringing in lawyers to explain it. Okay, to you. okay, <laughs> okay, 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 that's good. <laughs> So this is an employee's perspective about health insurance. (laughs) Um, So basically, you know, here, especially in the United States, the tests or medical bill can be pretty high compared to anywhere else, you know, or even if you consider North America or like Canada or any other Western countries. So here, basically, health insurance is that you pay a monthly or or an annual premium towards your health insurance. And basically, in case you get sick or in case you need to go for an annual physical or like lab testing or anything of that sort, uh, it will be covered by that health insurance because it's kind of like a car payment. So you're paying a monthly uh, towards the health insurance and then eventually if you get sick or if you ever get sick then that's gonna go towards the cost of your hospital bill basically but it doesn't always cover the whole amount sometimes there is a deductible that comes out of your pocket but usually that deductible is a specific amount and you know sometimes the health insurance would also there are some other programs I heard that, you know, through the hospital, if you can't, if the amount is too much and there is not enough deductible or the health insurance decided not to pay, there are other funds through the hospital that can cover those costs as well. There it is. That was great. Because <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're also saying, hey, if it doesn't happen, here's what the hospital does. This, this mm-hmm. is fantastic. Now, you said, um, you know, you were mentioning as far as making payments and, and whatnot. So let's, let's move on to buying a car. Mm-hmm. Have you bought a car? What, what was that process? Um, so when I was a student, I was basically buying like $2,000, like buying cars uh, in cash, like, you know, $2,000, $3,000 cars. I do not recommend it because those cars is gonna, those cars are gonna stay in the mechanic shop forever and they're gonna break down on you and then you're gonna be crying in the street. So it's better if you don't have the cash money, it's always better to like go to a solid dealership and, you know, put a down payment and then make the rest of the payment through financing. But once again, that comes with strings attached. Of course, you have to have a good credit to be actually 
able to qualify for a good APR or the interest rate. And how did you build credit here? And I know it's different with students and that sort of thing, but how did you build credit and how would you advise someone to build credit? Okay. First time when I came here, of course, I only had a debit card. And then Bank of America, I had, um, at that time I was banking with Bank of America. Right now it's a different bank. So at that time they were actually offering students credit card without a social security number. So they had a special program for that. So, you know, I kind of had a good conversation with the manager with my local branch of Bank of America. And, you know, he kind of explained the process of credit that works in here. So you basically, it's like, a certain amount of loan the bank is giving to you every month and you have to pay that back every month to the bank. Whatever you're borrowing from them, you basically pay them back. If you don't, then that kind of adds up. The interest rate is going to start adding up and that looks bad as your credit. So what I did was like I had that student credit card for a while and I believe on my second year when I started working as a tutor, that's when I got my social security. So that social security got added to my credit card. And I, at that time, I already had a one year history that, you know, I was taking that. It was like a really low limit. It was like $700, but I was, you know, paying that $700 back every month. So I had a good one year history that, okay, I have been taking that $700 and putting it back in the card every month. So that kind of gave me a boost when I added that social security with my credit card. And then I applied for a couple more credit card. And, you know, I always made sure I actually have a bunch of reminders on my phone that this is the last day to pay that, that credit card. And I know it's a headache, you know, but unfortunately, this is how you build credit here. The more credit cards you have, the more history you have. But also it's bad if you can't keep track of how much you're spending and how much you need to put back every month. That can actually destroy your credit. I like how you said, I give, you know, you gave the advice like, hey, I put this on my phone. Well, that's a really, really great way to explain it. Now, when you, do you have a social security number yet? What's that process? Yeah, my EB3, the I-485, that's still pending. And tell me a little bit about car insurance. How does that work? Okay, so basically car insurance is something that's going to keep you safe financially in case you get into a car accident. Um, So it usually works in a couple of different ways. The two I can think of from the top of my head is that one is liability and one is full coverage. So liability is basically if you hit someone, if the car gets damaged or if the person gets injured, then the insurance is only going to cover the damage for the other person, but it doesn't, it's not going to cover anything for your health or your car. But then there is full coverage, which is much more expensive, but it will cover your car, your health and the other person involved. Again, you did this really well. (laughs) What about car registration, license plate, that whole thing? And, you know, your driver's license. What is the process for car registration? And then we'll get into the process of getting a driver's license. When I was buying the car for cash, it was the dealer who kind of had me sign some papers. And of course, I had to show them my driver's license. So basically, you're registering the car under your name, and the title is going to be under your name. And then you're registering in that state, the state that you're in. 
But then again, whoever's watching this, if they're going to do anything like I'm doing right now. So right now I, I still I am making payments towards my car. So I put some down payment in and it was financing. So the registration is under my name. However, the car title, it's still under the dealer's name. It's not going to be under my name until I have made, you know, cleared all the payments. So in both cases, the good thing is that for the most part, the dealer takes care of the license and registration part. So the number plate and all the registration, the dealer is going to take care of it when you buy the car. However, you still have to renew the registration every single year. Or if you change state, you have to register in the new state. And what about getting a driver's license? Did you have to start with the learner's permit and then get a license? What was that process? So as a student, the driver's license, it not only serves as your permission to drive a vehicle, but it also serves as your ID, as a US ID. You know, I'm pretty sure carrying a passport around is not very convenient and it's kind of risky as well because if you lose that you'll be in a lot of trouble but not you you won't be in as much trouble if you lose a driver's license that's replaceable so it's different in every state so i got mine in texas so in texas you have to take a test online so there are online classes that you can go through that kind of tells you about the, you know, the rules and regulations in the road and what you have to do, what you shouldn't do when you're driving a car. And then after you study all that material, you have to take a test online. And then there is a cutoff limit for the number of questions you can miss. And after you pass the test, they're going to send you a certificate. You take it to the DMV and then, then DMV is going to ask you for a couple of proof. So they're going to ask you for a proof of address. So of course you have to take the lease uh, that you have with your apartment or wherever you're staying. Then So they usually ask for two proof of residence. So you can either prove it through your rent uh, or the apartment lease. You can do it through your electricity or your gas bill or water bill. You could also do it through your bank statement. So your bank statement will also have your address on it. So DMV usually asks for two proof of address. So you have to take that. And as a student, I also had to take my I-20 and they also asked for my passport. They asked for my SSN when I eventually got that social security number. So they basically ask for all sorts of ID you have. I'm really liking this perspective, the student perspective. Yes. Whenever you were doing that. (laughs) A lot of people are students and they're trying to do this transition. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Nursing in America. Part two will be available next week. So make sure you hit the follow button and come back to join us then. If you enjoyed the episode, please help us and leave a review. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses internationally. We offer direct hire, which means healthcare facilities will directly sponsor and hire you to work here in the USA. If you're interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com slash application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. You can find the link in the show notes.